This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, it is just past 6am Thursday, the 14th of July. And of course, you're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Wong Shaoning. And in the studio this morning, making his debut is Keith Kam. Are you are you lost though? <laughs> Did you accidentally move from the news booth to the studio and then just say, ah, since I'm here, I might as well just join the show with Shaoning. Yeah, it looked it look kind of fun. Also, it's a bit inaccurate to say it's my debut because I've actually been on, on the morning run. Uh, how um, many decades ago was that? <laughs> literally one decade ago. Oh no! <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, and you will be listening to more of Keith Come over the next few months, I hope. Uh, I hope you're not running away from us, Keith. Um, I hope the listeners don't run away from us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, we have, as usual, a very pack show at 7.15. We're going to ask whether Malaysia has enough doctors uh, with Dr. V- Vijay Gunnison. He's the chairperson of MMA's section concerning house officers and medical officers. I think a lot of us are very concerned about this since COVID-19 is still here with us. And then at 7.30, what's going on, Keith? Yeah, so uh, China's foreign minister Wang Yi is visiting Malaysia and we're going to be speaking to Angeline Tan. She's the researcher in the Foreign Policy and Security Studies at ISIS Malaysia to find out what this does or does not do for uh, Putrajaya's relationship with Beijing. Yeah, and especially actually they are still our, if I'm not wrong, the largest trading partner at the moment still, and, yeah, and, and you know big investor in our country uh, and then at and seven- lender and also. And then at 7.45, we're going to try and uncover what's happening be, behind these headlines that we see with regards to Petronas uh, subsidiaries reportedly being seized by Sulu Sultan Airs with Bun Negara. He's the convener at the Sabah Malaysia Study Group. So all this and more today on The Morning Run. Uh, keep it here and to take us out is Rapture by Blondie, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, 607 Thursday, the 14th of July. And that, of course, was Rapture by Blondie. And actually, Keith wants to wish every some selected people <laughs> something, isn't it, Keith? Yeah, so I just want to say bonjour to tous les Français et toutes les Françaises. On vous souhaite une bonne fête de 14 juillet. Wow, added a bit of class to the morning run whenever you said. But no, it's, I do it's be- just it's French National Day, it's Bastille Day. So, okay, yeah. so I hope you, all the French people are having a nice day, eating croissants and having a latte to celebrate this day, at least in the morning. Uh, but as usual, we are looking at some of these in the local stories, sometimes international stories that catch our eye, uh, which we want to bring to everyone's attention. And this is the New York Times, and I picked it, right? And um, the article is entitled, Is the World Really Falling Apart? Or Does It Just Feel That Way? And I, Way I, to start the morning, uh, Shani. I'm a Debbie Downer. <laughs> I can't help it, right? Nobody's giving me a croissant or coffee to start my day. Uh, but jokes aside, it just resonates with me because it does really... It, it does capture the mood, I think, a mood of a lot of people. And I think this is on the back of just the the headlines that we get all the time. We get bombarded by it. So I, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but I'll just highlight some of the, I wouldn't say negative news, but news out there, and even in the last few weeks. So pandemic, WHO telling us that the COVID-19 wave might start again. So please get your booster shots. It's not going anywhere. Uh, Climate change is real. We see wildfires in Australia. We see floods all across the world. There's a global grain shortage. People in Africa are starving. There's civil war in Somalia. There's civil war in Ethiopia. Russia's war in Ukraine. Political and economic meltdown in Sri Lanka. 
uh, Shinzo Abe being assassinated in Japan, <laughs> Boris Johnson leaving the uh, Downing Street. No, that's good news. news. Yeah, that's good news. <laughs> I slipped that in. And of course, in the United States, it's inflation, mass shootings and a reckoning over January 6th. This is just like the news in the last few weeks, okay? And if you just read these headlines, you do get the sense that where are we heading? And of course, this article is about America and Americans, but I think it also means we feel the same even here in Malaysia. Yeah, it's no better in Malaysia. I mean, rising prices for one thing. Uh, We've seen like multiple price hikes since the start start of this year. I mean, a lot of it through no fault of, of, of ours. It's, yeah, it's a it's global just, it's phenomenon. A, it's a global phenomenon. We've got a political situation that doesn't seem to suggest it's going to get any more stable anytime soon. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, I, I, I think I joked once to someone uh, about, the, about how the, the past two and a half years felt like five and it really did. It's like and a dog year, right? One it, year was like seven years. I, I totally agree with you. And it does take a take a toll on, on mental health. Um, I just came back from a from a two from a one month one and a half month break. And mm, can we say we hate you, but never mind. Continue please. <laughs> and and it really did wonders for, for, for me. Yes, once in a while I popped into the office, but uh, I tried to tune myself out from uh, the goings on of going goings on of every day. It's not it's really not not easy. Um, no. One good thing that happened over these uh, over this time, though, is the fact that we've had uh, technological advancements. Mm. Not really good, good in some ways. Not really good in some ways. Uh, some other ways. We've got the internet where you can get uh, information so quickly. Yeah, but then it causes us to doom scroll. That's exactly. the other bad thing, right? I exactly. Mean, so okay, aside from the fact that it is our job to to keep up to date with the news, be it good or bad. I think even for the average person now, all they spend a lot of time on their gadgets, whether it's their computer, whether it's their phone, whether it's an iPad, whatever. And we end up doom scrolling, you know, page after page after page after page. And then that just puts us into a spin. The other thing I think is psychologically, we look we look at things in a very narrow angle, right? So we just we don't look at things like compare ourselves with 50 years ago. So mm. things that we should be positive about. The fact that life expectancy is so much higher. Quality of life is so much better. Basically, poverty rates across the world have declined, especially in Malaysia. Very much so, things have improved. If we compare it with maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago, but we don't usually have that kind of lens, right? So we just look at how we feel compared to maybe one, two years ago. And yeah, it's true. We are still living with the COVID-19. We are still wearing masks. Life hasn't actually returned to what it used to be. But I think the point is to always remain positive, right? We try. We try to remain positive. Not COVID positive, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are COVID positive, it's not the end of the world. You will get better, especially if you've taken all your jabs. But the point is to have that check-in with yourself, how you feel. Sometimes detach from the real world, like what Keith says. Don't doom scroll. Take a break when you need to. Mental health is really, really important. So don't forget that. Uh, but up next, we've got some messages. So keep it here. BFM 89.9. 6.19 Thursday, the 14th of July. And of course, you're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Wong Shaoning and the special guest, Keith Kam, is in the studio with us. And that was one by you 2 one of my favourite bands, actually. Keith, one of your fans has already written in on uh, WhatsApp and he says, Keep Calm. I think that was a pun on your name. So original, yeah. And listen to The Morning Run. Welcome, Keith. And that was by Ro. Oh, you should hear the nicknames I got growing up. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not going to reveal anything here. We will slowly tease them out of you one by one, okay? Uh, But 
as usual, like I say, we always uh, at this time of the morning look at some of these interesting articles that ca- catch our eye. And this one I also chose. Actually, it's originally a Bloomberg article, but I found it in the Singapore Straits Times. And it's entitled, Millions of Americans Regret the Great Resignation. And yeah, they're American stories, but I think they also resonate very much in this country. And it's about the fact that the great resignation has caused as many as 20 million Americans to quit their jobs in the first five months of this year. And guess what? According to a survey, they now regret their decision. So more than a one quarter of those who left work are reconsidering whether they made the right move. And this is a study based on 15,000 job seekers conducted over the past three months. And I think we, we talk about the great resignation a lot on the show, in fact, across BFM. Mm-hmm. And I think COVID-19, I think, has caused a lot of people to rethink about their lives in general. And then, of course, that filters down to their careers. I, I think surveys like these need to get a bit more granular. You need to find out why they actually regret it. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it because uh, things weren't as uh, rosy as they thought it would be or... or you know, they suddenly realize that uh, my income isn't as stable as before. It, these, these, these are these are all valid yeah. valid reasons. I mean, uh, I, I'm guessing a lot of them uh, are not as experienced. Hence, the decision to resign might not have been made with a lot of thought as well. Yeah, I think it it varies from individual right to individual. Mm-hmm. We can't really generalize uh, things. But if we look at some of the data, for sure, there was a great resignation. And, you know, even when I went to the UK sometime in June, May, I did realise that in a lot of shop fronts, there were a lot of ads asking people whether they, they were looking for jobs. And even here in Malaysia, we are, we are hearing great shortage of workers. But service levels kind of jobs, manufacturing jobs, not necessarily super high paying jobs, to be fair, right? I think like... Uh, but for those professionals who, who did resign... You wonder what caused them to do it and now why are they lamenting? Is it because they think, hey, the economy isn't doing so well? Instead of having this good time feeling that we had when economies were opening, now there's talk of that dreaded R word. So people are thinking, hmm, maybe I should just sit still and not move so much. I think other reasons cited in this article were, guess what? They miss their colleagues. They miss the working environment. Yeah, no gossip there. <laughs> uh, one very interesting thing, um, I had a conversation with uh, the, the team from Enterprise yesterday. Uh, they were talking about uh, this new term, um, which I don't quite relate to. It, they're called multi-hyphenates. Uh, you know what hyphens are, they join words together. So a multi-hyphenate is a person who is like maybe an uh, uh, actor dash model dash singer. Dash influencer. Usually. Dash influencer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, influencer is a thing now. Yeah, so it's a yeah, career. Yeah, so um, uh, it's it's apparently a thing now, and um, a lot of a lot of people have found this to be a viable option um, for a, a career going going forward. Mm. And the conversation they had with uh, with a consultant as well um, also agrees with that. However, with with that, you can actually. Uh, it, it actually brings about a whole host of other problems. Like, how do you file your taxes for one thing? <laughs> this, and, is, this is Mr. Keith Kam being very practical, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, and still being practical. Once you suddenly decide that being a multi-hyphenate might not be the thing for you and you want to get back into the job, job uh, into the workforce, how the heck do you end up doing your CV? What's CV going to look like? Who's going to vouch for you? Okay, so let's rewind a little bit. I think there is no denying that the... That the that nature of work, that the nature of work has changed a lot, 
Okay, it wasn't the the case like let's say, 20, 30 years ago. Oh, I, I'm revealing too much. When I first joined the <laughs> workforce, and you were expected to stick to a career, right? So if mm. you were a banker, you were expected to be a banker for the next 20, 30 years till you retired. I think that has evolved. That mindset has changed for sure. Uh, so people are now considering other job opportunities. Maybe they feel that's why you have this great resignation because people don't feel so tied to a defined career. And also employers are also more open-minded when CVs come to us. So even here at BFM, we have a wide range of people from different academic backgrounds, right? We have psychologists to lawyers. Uh, we've got those who study English literature, journalism. It's a, ho- a chemistry. We have one chemi- chemistry producer here. Uh, it, it varies. So I think it, it also then means that people think they're a little bit more free when they come to resigning. But the point is, I think everyone must have a plan. But you, you still can't take just... up but you still take up one job at a time. You don't multi hyphenate. Well, don't you multitask? <laughs> yeah. Don't you have a side hustle, Keith Come? Oh, I I don't have a, a side hustle that pays. That's for no? sure. No. <laughs> okay, I do. I have oh, well, some high hu- <laughs> Yeah, excuse me. I do have some high side hustles that pay. Mm-hmm. I'll confess now. So I think it, it doesn't really matter. But the point is, even if you're going to resign, please have a plan. Have a backup plan. And if that plan doesn't work, it's okay to go back to your old job or ask for your old job. Just look out for this podcast uh, on, 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 on the BFM app. Uh, just search for the word multi-hyphenate, which itself is hyphenated. <laughs> But let us know what you think. You can always WhatsApp in 018-789-8899 or tweet us at BFM Radio. To take us to the 6.30 a.m. news is I Melt With You by Modern English. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. 6.40 in the morning and that was Stuck With You by Huey Lewis and the news. And I certainly hope you're stuck with us at least till 10 a.m. Or if not for the whole entire day, do tune in, listen to us all day. Um, Suddenly I have no choice. <laughs> Keith Kam. Uh, by the way, Keith Kam, you have another fan who wrote in. Hi, good morning, Keith. You used to read the news, right? Yeah, I used to. Um, if they still want me, I can. <laughs> okay, this is from Poon, by the way. Uh, but at 6.41 in the morning, we are looking at all the international headlines. And I will start with this piece of news from Bloomberg. And we've been following the Sri Lanka crisis uh, for months, actually. Mm. Talk- we st- it started with an economic one. It became a political one. And now there's a power vacuum. But apparently... Uh, Sri Lankan President Gotabaya Rajapaksa, as we know, has fled the country yesterday. I think he's headed to Maldives. That he, was a... he is in Maldives now. Oh, he's arrived already. Um, actually, what I caught on the BBC this morning is that he is in Maldives. He mm. was actually due to fly to a third country where he hopes he won't be deported back to Sri Lanka because uh, you know that as president, he enjoys immunity. Yes, but... If he, 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 suppo- he had been supposed to... Uh, announced his resignation on Wednesday, but as at midnight uh, Thursday, no, as at the end of Wednesday, he did not do that. Uh, And apparently he had been trying to get a flight to Singapore. Uh, He had been trying to get someone to uh, uh, lend him a private jet to get to Singapore. And up till then, he he still had not uh, been able to fly to Singapore. So he did not officially announced his resignation. But that's where we are now. So it's a bit of a limbo at the moment. It's a bit of a limbo, yeah. Okay, so, but the news is that... Uh, Ryan... Oh, Job, his, uh, his family is also in Sri Lanka, which is why there's a lot more complications there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the Vikrama Singham, who is the president, uh, sorry, prime minister, prime minister. Uh, is seeks nomination of, of new PM. That's what's happening at the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's acting, he, according to the Speaker of Parliament, is now the acting president. 
who is apparently now this has made protesters actually very unhappy because they also want him gone. Uh, so what happened is that they later then seized the national broadcaster taking it off air. Wow, it looks like this situation is going to get even more messy. They are under a curfew and a state, state of, of emergency, emergency right now. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we'll be following this story very closely. Uh, you had some conversations with some experts on it as well. Yeah, Chulani yeah. Atanayaka, she's uh, from NUS in Singapore and she was actually giving us uh, what was happening on the ground because of course she still has friends and families as to how bad the situation is. Now, another country that's also heading to a political leadership kind of contest is UK, of course, with Bojo supposedly leaving 10 Downing Street. Apparently he hasn't left and I think that's making people a bit unhappy. I don't know whether Larry the cat is equally unhappy, uh, but they had their first round of ballot results because they're a little bit like Malaysia. You know, The next prime minister will be chosen by 110,000 conservative members who apparently are mainly white males. Now, the first round, Rishi Sunak is the front runner among the MPs. Then it's followed by Penny Mordan. Uh, she was actually a surprise winner in number mm-hmm. two because Liz Truss was apparently supposed to be number two, but that's not the case. But we'll know who becomes Prime Minister sometime in September, I think. Uh, by 5th of September, yeah. we will officially know. But I think by then, we'll pretty much get an idea who are the front runners in uh, the UK. Now, the other big news coming out of uh, international headlines, what, what has caught your eye, Keith? Um, it's something environmental. Uh, uh, Chinese, uh, Chinese scientists, they've developed a robot fish that eats microplastics. Uh, I think Earth Matters, bigger picture people would love this. Uh, so... It, it it's is um, the fish going to eat us subsequently? I mean, is it like, like I, think I always worry, worry about all these ge- you know genetic mutations. Oh no, it's it's I a, have it's a visions robot. of Jurassic Park in my head. <laughs> it's a robot fish, and I think their main concern is that not that it will eat humans, but it will be eaten by other animals and uh, other fish, uh, other marine animals. And if that happens, that might actually cause uh, a whole new uh, set of problems with with uh, fish getting. Um, actual fish getting poisoned and, and, and dying in the ocean. But apparently, the Chinese scientists have these, designed these fish so that uh, it could be easily digested by actual fish. Um, I just want to segue into something else that I thought was really, really super interesting. Uh, human hair. Um, scientists in, in San Francisco in the US, they've actually found that human hair absorbs oil. But I think for a lot of us, we know that it absorbs oil really, really well. So what they've done is that they've, they've, they've scoured salons and, and hairdressing uh, uh, establishments all over the US, collected all these uh, cut human hair, weave them into mats and put them into oceans as booms to absorb oil slicks. Okay, I mean, yeah, it's an environmentally, ecologically friendly way to absorb oil, but just the thought of all these floating <laughs> mats of hair on the sea, I would confess, freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> uh, but that's all the international headlines we have for you. Uh, we'll come back after some messages. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. 6.50 Thursday, the 15th, oh, sorry, 14th of July. And of course, you're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Wong Xiaoning. And in the studio with me is also Keith Kam. Now, Keith, what has caught your eye with regards to local stories? Well, this one smelled interesting. <laughs> we all know why. Tell us, tell us. So, uh, I mean, um, I, I, I would say, I dare say quite a number of us love durians. And uh, it's been... It's Except been a... Philip C, who's our fellow colleague. No, really? Yes. Oh, that's so sad we, for him. We have sometimes expelled him from our group because we don't understand him, but never mind. Continue your story, Well, it, it's been the durian season in the past uh, month, few months or so. And 
I I I admit I've been I've been um, buying durians uh, from a, a lot of these uh, you know uh, vendors on the on the roadside. In fact, there was one that was really cute. I love the name. It was just called Durian Tepi Jalan, and they were like <laughs> really Tepi Jalan. Uh, they were cheap, um, cheap-ish, uh, but. There's a there's a warning that now uh, durian prices, especially th- those f- coming from Johor, they are set mm. to set to go up. This is in the Star. This was in the Star Metro. Uh, so it's 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 retailing for about twenty to forty five ringgit per kilo, and okay. it's set to go up by by like about uh, yeah uh, twenty twenty percent or so. So this is Keith's form of a PSA, la. So I, in other words, <laughs> eat more durians. Eat more durian. Public service announcement: Eat more durians <laughs> now before it goes so, up. Yeah, but the fact that it's also in Singapore, which is, in in Johor, which is close to Singapore, I'm wondering how much of this price hike is going to you know. Uh, be be caused by Singaporeans. Oh, you're coming blaming the back. Singaporeans again, lah. Okay, I don't blame them. I mean, their <laughs> currency is uh is so much stronger. So it's so they take our workers and now they take our durians. Why not? <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, I've got another uh, story in front of me by the Malaysian Insight, and uh, actually it's in all the the portals. Uh, so Malaysia Kini also reports it, and this is Indonesia announcing a temporary freeze on migrant workers for Malaysia effectively immediately due to the breach of terms in the Domestic Worker Memorandum of Understanding, which the two countries actually just signed three months ago. And as we know, we've had countless discussions on our program about the shortage of workers, whether it's in the manufacturing sector, whether it's in services, whether it's in plantations. I always thought this was a a main priority of our cabinet to get this resolved. And now... What's happening? I don't know. I mean, for for me, I've uh, I, I do a lot of cafe hopping, and and I see uh, quite a number of cafes having issues with that. I mean, if you remember, Seven Eleven used to be a twenty four hour. Yeah, they now place. they are. They're not. They're not. Yeah. And and some of these twenty four hour places close at 10, 10, 10 p.m. And a lot of our mamaks also complain about lack of workers, so they can't they can't uh, continue their business till late at night. I I won't say that. Um, I don't think it's entirely valid that if you say that. You you depend entirely on foreign workers because I have seen cafes and restaurants where I mean we can pivot. Yeah, they have they have they do have local workers working for them and they are amazing. Yeah. They're amazing staff because they speak uh, the way we speak. Yes. They know they they they, they know uh, what to expect from us and we know what to expect from them. What's the problem here? Are we paying them too low or? I think some of the the the. Uh, bottlenecks are more like, let's say, in manufacturing or plantations where it's very hard to get local workers, especially in plantations because it is extremely, it's a challenging job. Like even in construction, it's hard labour. Nobody wants to do these 3D jobs at the moment. But I think what's interesting, uh, what caught my eye is Hamono, who is actually the Indonesian embassy, uh, Mm -hmm. ambassador to Malaysia, says, explain that the immigration department's continued application of its made-online system in the recruitment of Indonesian workers was a blatant breach of the MOU. And he says that there's solid evidence that the immigration department under the Home Affairs Ministry continued to use the MOS to facilitate the recruitment of these workers. And I think what has happened now is that the issue has gone back to our human resource minister. And I think that will be discussed subsequently with the Home Minister. I can't help thinking, but, you know, it's something that you have to live live with at the, at the moment. And... Um, buck up and do a lot of the stuff yourself. Yeah, but for some sectors, it's virtually impossible. Yeah, that's true. That like is, plantations, that right? So that's going to be a major obstacle uh, that the country faces. And I, I do hope this issue does get resolved as soon as possible. Uh, but up next, of course, we've got the 7 a.m. news bulletin. 
And to take us there is I Knew You Were Waiting For Me by Aretha Franklin, of course, who is the soul diva, and George Michael, Queen of soul. who I do believe is your favourite too. Oh yeah, I grew up with him. Okay, keep, not literally, not but literally. <laughs> keep it here, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.